Jack Harlow back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Babby. Usually I have my names uh, from whatever, like kind of tie in to what we were talking about on this week's episode, but just decided to play it What did Jack Harlow do? Uh, Nothing yet. I don't know. I don't think he's done anything in a while. Well, he's just kind of an idol of mine, so I just wanted to... uh, The new quirky white boy on the block. Yeah, you know, it's pretty hard to be white and a rapper, so I admire him. And AFC sponsorship. (laughs) Yeah, it's admirable, I think, to to be a white rapper with a KFC sponsorship. Never happened before. No, not yet. Well, just took a white boy from Kentucky. (laughs) Anyways, this week we're going to be talking about, uh, well, we're not going to be talking about Blue Velvet. We just recorded we just that. Did that. Uh, yes, our second Boy Time feature is out, because I usually have the features out first, and by usually I mean the one time we've done it before. Uh, so if you are interested in our thoughts on Blue Velvet, and Blue Velvet only, except it's kind of a greater conversation about David Lynch a little bit um check that out because it's interesting and fun and i won't tell you whether or not i like the movie you're gonna have to watch that or listen to that either preferably both uh but this week uh hasn't been super big in terms of news but we do have some exciting news i guess uh I guess most importantly, we usually start with gaming, but this is more important because uh, uh, it was announced a couple months ago, or maybe a month ago, that Bong Joon-ho's next movie was delayed indefinitely. Um, this was uh, amid all, all sorts of Warner Brothers shenanigans. Not that those haven't stopped, um, but that was a wave and it was like, oh no, is is Mickey 17, which is Bong Joon-ho's next movie, is that going to be the next one on the chopping block? Still a possibility, but now we have a release date. Um, so it was supposed to come out in January, and now it's coming out January 31st of 2025. So January. Still in January. You can't say that. Uh, but again, this is a Warner Brothers thing. So who knows if this is actually going to come out. Hopefully it does, because I am a a big Bong Joon-ho fan. Very, very good uh, director. And I'm excited to see what him and Robert Pattinson have cooked up, because he's my favorite actor of all time. I love him in Breaking Dawn, part one. I love him in the original Twilight. Oh, I did not like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember what I rated that movie. It can't it couldn't have been higher than one star though. I think I it's don't It's charming in a very non-charming way. Yeah. I don't know how anybody saw that movie in the 2000s and was like, "Yeah, this is what I'm going to base my personality around for the next 5 years." It was a weird time. It was a weird time. But we're not here to talk about Twilight. Yet. Not yet. Boy Time Teacher. Oh, that would be fun. That's going to be the, the next. series. <laughs> the next... read all the books. <laughs> I'm not going to read those books. Are you kidding me? I, what we should do is we should read the Fifty Shades of Grey books. Ooh, there we go. That would be fun. And then we'll just record it as an audio book. And I'll be Mr. Grey and you can be Veronica Steele or whatever their names are. Isn't it? Aren't they both Grey names? Uh, I think so. I don't know. Okay. Not too caught up on my lore. Yeah, I'm not. I just know that it was Twilight fan fiction that they just changed the names and things for. But anyways, we have some other news. Uh, the Elden Ring DLC, there was a trailer for it. I think talked about it last week that it was announced that we were going to get a trailer for it. Well, we actually got... Some gameplay for it. It's Elden Ring. So 
if you went but in new <laughs> but new stuff uh yeah so that's coming out on june 21st uh for 40 dollars it's a hefty price tag but you know i feel like FromSoft is i mean i think you're gonna get what you're you're paying for uh FromSoft has not left me let me down yet so therefore i'm going full buy on this one actually i don't know i haven't beat elden ring and i'm probably not going to play this dlc but some people are very excited so i thought there you go shout out people that like elden ring i i like it too it's just whatever let's talk about something else um we got some other news uh yeah it was kind of weird because uh the company that was making the knights of the old republic remake which i guess is or is not happening i guess they had one of their side divisions port the original battlefront games to everything including steam which is weird uh so there <laughs> there's a uh, battlefront uh classic collection which includes the first two uh battlefront games that's going to be on switch and ps5 and xbox and steam again i don't really know why they're going for a steam release because i think actually i think just the second one's on steam so maybe just porting the first one but it comes with all the dlc and uh i think i saw that it, well it's coming out on march 14th i don't think it's gonna be that much money either so if you haven't paid played them pretty good games i like them check them out and i haven't played them with the dlc either so that'll be fun and exciting i guess eventually but maybe maybe i don't know but that's it for that i i don't care let's talk about hit films i watched two hit films uh, i'm going to preface and say i did not finish kongi's harvest which is the movie that is uh does this film homework for our reaction that we are going to be recording later this week so won't be able to talk about it. I got about halfway through and I wasn't following it because there's no subtitles and I'm deaf. So I was having a very hard time oh, yeah. figuring out what was work. going on. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? This is too confusing. So I'm going to finish it before we get to the reaction. But I don't know if I'll have a whole lot of comprehension of what happened. Um maybe i'll finish it wearing headphones because that might be better but yeah that's what i did that might be it that might be the play but instead i watched two movies that are not really similar at all but they have an, an aspect tying them together and that spike lee either is or has remade these movies before uh I watched Old Boy and High and Low, uh, both of them from Southeast Asia. Old Boy is Korean. I've already seen it before. I basically watched that movie first because I'm like, I want to watch something I've already seen. And I haven't seen Old Boy in a long time. And I'm like, wouldn't it be funny to do another remake that Spike Lee is going to be making, High and Low, which is a Kurosawa movie. Um from japan obviously so that's really the only thing tying these two movies together is that spike lee is going to in the case of high and low or has made a remake of old boy which is regarded not only as one of spike lee's worst movies but one of the worst remakes of all time so nothing but high hopes for his high and low remake Frankly, I'm nervous. Even though I love Spike Lee a lot, uh, of the three movies I've seen of his, all of them are absolutely perfect. Uh, might be one of the greatest American filmmakers of all time. Uh, oh boy, I don't know if he can make remakes, um, especially High and Low, which I guess we can start with that one because that one is more interesting. 
Old Boy is a very solid, uh, I was going to say Fight Club-esque, but I think it came out before Fight Club. But, yeah, whatever. Let's talk about High and Low first. High and Low, Kurosawa. Uh, it's a little bit, it's an outlier in Kurosawa's uh, filmography uh, in terms of his, like, big hitters. Because when you think of Kurosawa, you think Feudal Japan, you think Samurais, you think cool action and uh, beautiful cinematography. Not so much thinking uh, uh, noir thriller, which is what this movie is, set in, I guess, modern day Japan when this movie was made in the 50s or early 60s. I don't remember in that ballpark. Um, so I've been wanting to watch this for a long time. I thought it was a legal thriller because the uh, poster for it on Max is a guy holding a briefcase and he's like crying. And it kind of looked like he was in a courtroom. Not in a courtroom. He was on a train the whole time. Didn't know it. But it's kind of funny that Spike Lee is remaking this movie because uh, this movie is kind of about the consequences of doing the right thing. It's the name of his movie is called Do the Right Thing. Get it? Do you get it? Do you understand? Do you understand my hilarious joke? Uh, you got to put in a lot of track. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's better just silent. True. Just just dead air. That's what's funniest. But, yeah, this movie is kind of split up into two parts. I guess you could say the high and the low. Although, <laughs> I don't know why you would, because they're both not, like, high moments for the characters. But I think I'm going to kind of go through what happens in the first part, because uh, it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without talking about some of the details. So if you want to go in absolutely blind to high and low uh i would recommend it it's it's easily it's probably my favorite kurosawa movie um but i've just i resonate more with this genre than feudal japan movies in general so check it out i liked it quite a bit uh but yeah this movie follows uh, a very rich a factory owner he owns a shoe company or a factory for a shoe company called national shoes i think pretty uh on the nose name i think that's what nike should rename their company to it's just national shoes just right to the point uh in case nobody knows what nike is uh then they would be oh it's the national shoe company i know to get my shoes there so that's what this company was thinking, and it was a brilliant idea because this guy's absolutely loaded. Uh, but it starts off, and basically the like execs from like the company side are at his house, and they're like, yo, our profits are too low, so we need to start cutting costs. And the, and the factory owner guy's like, I won't do it because that sacrifices our quality, and I am a good boy. And I would never screw our customers in order for me to get more profit. And then all of the the suits are, like, angry. Um, and so after that, he, like, reveals to his wife and his driver and his right-hand man, he's like, yo, I got away. I'm going to undermine all these people. I basically, I took out this giant 50 million yen loan out on our house all of my belongings as, as consequence or whatever for the loan. So basically, if I don't pay it back, they're going to have everything. So I just took this big baller move. I bought, <laughs> I took this giant loan out. I'm going to buy a bunch of shares in the company, getting me that 47% majority so that even if they try to box me out for going against their cheap shoe idea, then uh, they aren't going to be able to do it because I have the majority shares. And it's like, oh, that's kind of awesome. But meanwhile, uh, basically this guy's kid 
and his driver's kid were playing in the yard outside their house, and uh uh-oh, one of the kids get kidnapped. And the kidnapper calls them. It's like, yo, I just kidnapped your son. Give me 30 million yen, or I'm going to kill your son. And the guy's like, oh, shit. Well, luckily, I just took out this giant loan in order to save my son. Well, he didn't do it to save his son, but that's where he was going to give the money now. But it's revealed that the son wasn't taken. It was the driver's son. So it was a big mix-up because they were playing cops and robbers or cowboys and banditos. I don't know. Uh, But they switched roles because I guess the main guy's kid was always the sheriff. But this time the other guy was the sheriff and that's why he got kidnapped so i guess the kidnapper was watching these kids play cops and robbers for a very long time in order to get that twisted um so now there's this ethical quandary he was going to spend 30 million yen to save his son but now that it's someone else's son well if he pays for that ransom then the bank is going to take away all of his belongings because he's not going to be able to pay him back. So there's this this question where he's like, well, okay, should I or should I not? Uh, should I be a good businessman and not pay the ransom for my driver's son even if the boy dies, but I'll, I'll have the majority share in the company and they won't be able to kick me out? Or should I pay the ransom and get kicked out of the company and be poor and have all of my stuff taken away. That's the first part of the movie, if you can believe it. If that that doesn't sound like a premise for the entire film, you I know. That sounds like a very interesting ethical quandary. Luckily, they solve it in about 20 minutes where the guy's like, actually, I am going to pay the ransom. I'm going to be a good boy. And he pays the ransom... And that's like the first part of the movie. And then those characters pretty much go away. And then it's just like, okay, now let's focus on the cops that are trying to get this kidnapper. Um, And from then on, it's just a noir thriller. Uh, A very, very good noir thriller. Um, And I won't go into spoilers of of the end of whodunit. It's, it's not anyone related to them. I guess that's a spoiler. But it's very, very interesting. I think that that question, that ethical question in the beginning is really good. It was very riveting when it was going on. I was uh, kind of like, oh, well, what is he going to do? Because he is a good businessman, but he also seems like a good guy in general because he wasn't willing to screw over his customers in order to, to get more profit. I think that's, you know, in a language of the film, that's what they're trying to say, is that this guy, good businessman, but also pretty good guy. Uh, and then that doesn't really happen. But what's interesting is that while this investigation is going on, um, we're kind of getting in the background that this guy has kind of become like a public hero where like everybody, the public is basically on his side, but the shareholders are exploiting his, I guess, newfound uh, poverty to just basically kick, kick him out immediately. Like within days of this guy paying the ransom, they have a meeting and kick him out. And so just kind of in the background, we're getting, okay, well, the public is basically boycotting this shoe company now because they fired this guy who paid 30 million yen to save his driver's son, which I guess maybe I should uh, say how much that is in today's money because I looked it up. Surprisingly, it's not as much as you would think. It's about a million dollars in 2021 dollars because that was the most recent data, um, which is probably close to five million dollars because of inflation. Because it's Biden inflation. Because Biden Bidenomics. That's what I always say. 
so it's not that much money. But apparently, you know, in 50s Japan, uh, I guess a million dollars could go a long way. You know, everybody has a million dollars these days. But what they were saying is that, like, it's so weird that this ransom is 30 million yen. Like, that's that's the highest we've ever seen. Before that, it was, like, 3 million yen. or But usually it's around 300,000 to 600,000, which is only, like, a couple thousand dollars today. I don't know. Maybe society was a little bit different. And maybe that's based on, like, modern-day yen instead of yen from the 50s and 60s, because that might be different, too. But... There's that. I don't know. It's it's a it's a good movie. It's very interesting. Um, great performances uh, from from everybody. Some Kurosawa mainstays are there. The main guy from Seven Samurai plays the police commissioner, I think, or whatever equivalent is to Japan police. So that was kind of fun to see him. Um, but yeah, other than that. Check it out. It's on Max, as, like, almost all of Kurosawa's movies are. So, check it out. Very, very good. Uh, now let's talk about Old Boy. Old Boy is uh, a great movie that I had very, very fond memories of, and I was worried that it wasn't going to hold up, because I saw it six or seven years ago, as I was just starting to get into film, I had I saw the the hammer fight scene, the the most famous scene from this movie. Uh, I think claimed for a while to be one of the best action scenes in movies, but I think I think these days action movies have gotten so like more tighter and better choreographed. I think that that old boy fight scene does kind of get blown out of the water, but the essence of that scene is great and that it's this close quarters hallway fight scene, and it's locked off, and you're just getting, like, kind of like you're, you're watching, like, a 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up arcade game or something, but more, I guess, more like Street Fighter, I guess, and that it's just, like, two, two dimensions. So I think that that's really well done, but I think calling this movie an action movie is a little bit... Uh, not true to what this movie is because that's really the only action scene in the entire movie uh, which is kind of shocking they really went all out for no reason it was like let's have let's have this movie about a guy trying to uncover his past and and learn and get revenge uh we'll just randomly have like this really awesome fight scene at the beginning of it for no reason um, but I respect it, and there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie, where, like, for no reason, and they go super hard, um, which is kind of why, like, Korean, I think, I think this is just kind of, like, a main thing in Korean cinema, is that they go all out, uh, for little things, which is fantastic, um, I love Korean movies, um, but yeah, I guess the premise of Old Boy, if you don't know it, is that there's this guy, his name is Odesu, and he is the uh, a very bad dude. He's a drunk, and he uh, is in jail on his daughter's birthday. And that's our introduction to him. It's like a couple of minutes of him in a holding cell, drunk and yelling and pissing in corners and starting fights. The, the vibes are off. This guy is a bad dude. Don't let him near your daughter. That's what I would say if I was a conservative commentator. Just, I don't know. Just living the dream, I guess. Uh, hee-haw. hee-haw. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a bad guy, and he calls his daughter, and he's like, yo, I got you a gift, but I might be late because I was in jail, and it's, like, not even her birthday anymore. But, uh-oh, he's kidnapped. He was kidnapped, and he was put in jail, kind of. It's like a hotel room. Basically, he's locked in a hotel room with no windows, uh, no interaction with anybody. It's like a small studio apartment, so he has like a little bit of, well, I guess it's just a bathroom and uh, a TV and a couch and a bed, and that's it. No windows. He can't see where he's 
where he is at the same time each day someone brings him like it's like Chinese takeout I think that's kind of what it is um and so he's just basically just eating Chinese food and watching TV all day nobody told him why he's there nobody told him for how long he's going to be there turns out he's there for 15 years um which that's like the first 10 minutes of the movie after we get introduced to him is that we just see his life in this cell for that long and how he changes and basically turns into like a super badass and he like learns a bunch of stuff because he's watching like documentaries and, and stuff but he's also learning how to fight he's like punching the walls and he has like calluses on his knuckles until one day they drug him and he wakes up on the top of a building in a suitcase wearing a fancy suit and given a wallet and a cell phone and there he's out no reason for why he was in there no reason for why he was released now he's just released into a uh, place that he does not recognize anymore because 15 years have passed. That's another thing they show too. Right before he's released, they do like a montage of like world events that happened like in that 15 year span. Frankly, not super familiar with South Korean history. So I didn't really, well, at least modern South Korean history, so I didn't really know a whole lot, but it was like going through like presidents going on. They showed 9 11 footage because this movie came out in the early you go from military dictator to military dictator. <laughs> Pretty much, I don't. Oh, then there was like um, the first time that a South Korean president was in Pyongyang, they showed, yeah, they showed footage of that. Um, yeah, moon, I think. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't recognize any of these faces. Uh, I just recognize the 9-11 footage and then Kim Il-sung. Those were the two people that I... Uh, they, that, that's All you need to know. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I got the gist, you know? Okay, time has passed. Uh, it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of... That's the thrust of it. He's basically put into this world um, and now he has to figure out why he was put in this jail cell for so long and who did it and seek revenge and uh it's a it's a really good movie it's better than i remembered it um it's just as weird and uh uncomfortable as i remembered i didn't even remember it being uncomfortable but there's multiple scenes where people get their teeth pulled out with the back end of a hammer and uh, to be honest, I just covered my eyes. I did not want to watch that. That is like one of my least favorite things in movies is torture scenes. So did not need to see that, frankly. But um, yeah, it's it's still a pretty G-dang good action movie. Really good story. Uh, weird themes. There's an incest theme. Don't ask me why. I don't know why that's what they chose to be the running theme of the, of the movie, but it's a thing. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should talk about it because I don't really want to spoil the end of this movie because the movie is so fun uh, to just go into blind. At least that's how I did way back in the day. I didn't really remember m most of what happened. I remember the end because the end is very shocking. Um... But besides that, I didn't really remember anything, which was good because it was, it was fun. It was quirky. It's action packed. Um, and there's just a lot of weird incest stuff in it. So be prepared for that. I, I don't want to say a lot. There's two, there's two incest scenes, um, which really are only uncomfortable in retrospect because you only find out that they're related after the fact. Maybe I shouldn't even say that. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, check out Old Boy, the, uh, the 20 year anniversary re release with like, um, I think it had like extended scenes in it. It's on, it's on Netflix. Uh, it was re released in theaters. I wasn't able to see it. I was very, very disappointed. 
but luckily they released that version on Netflix, so check it out. Very, very good. You'll like it a lot, I swear. If I'm, if I'm, uh, if I turned you off from the incest stuff, uh, that's, it's, <laughs> it's not that big a thing. Well, it is, but I don't know. I'm trying to redeem this movie because I feel like I painted it in such a bad light by, by saying all the incest stuff, even though it is a thing. Still check it out, though. It's very, very good. But aside from that, that's all I watched this week, and that's all I have to talk about this week. I have a little bit of music thing, but I think Babby's going to bring it up anyways. So I'll just throw it on over to Babby for his segment of the show. Um, we have a lot. A lot. We do. Um, we'll start with SZA, I guess. Yeah, we're gonna be jumping around. Yeah, we'll start with SZA. Uh, SZA dropped Saturn, new single. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll talk about that later. Uh, Saturn, the song is good. I like this song quite a bit. (laughs) What are you gonna talk about later with SZA? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say the live version of Saturn is my favorite, and that's the only one I listen to, and therefore it's the only one that's real in my head. What happened with the original? Uh, I just don't like it as much as the live version. Oh. Um, what I don't like is artists releasing a single and then doing um, five versions of that single. Yeah, I don't like that either. You don't need a sped up version. You don't need an acapella. You don't even need an instrumental for this song. Um, no. Honestly, you shouldn't have even made the studio version. Just release the live version. It's better. Uh, but the song is very good, and I'm glad that she dropped music. And yeah. I'm hoping this is on the new album. I'm assuming it is. I think so. Um, but, yeah, stylistically, still kind of similar to SOS, which is not a bad thing. Um, but, again, I I can't even, like, talk about the song because I only listen to the live versions because I know the live version has some different instrumentation and some more live elements that work really, really well with her voice. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the original instrumental even sounds like. They're, um, they're pretty similar. I listened to them okay. back to back. I think... Really, the only thing that's different is that they really, they do like no production on her voice, which I don't know if you yeah. if you can tell, but it's just like yes. her, um, I think they filter out like, cause she's a little bit more nasally in the live version. Mm-hmm. She's getting it at a little bit of a lower tone. Um, so I like them both, but I know that yeah. there was some like mixing issues when it was released. I think she tweeted about it. Oh, weird. Um, but also, yeah, I think, I think the story with this album is that it was going to be like a control deluxe and then it just kind of grew into something else. So it's a lot of like off cuts yeah, of yeah. SOS, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's own thing. Yeah. So excited for that record, but the song is very good. Um, yeah. It's like nothing like new, so there's not really a lot to talk about, but if you like SZA, you're going to like this song. Yes, that is true. She's putting out consistently pretty great stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, check that out. Saturn acapella version. That's the best one. Um, <laughs> next, we got the Free Nationals, the back, ASAP Rocky and Anderson Peck. Oh. Gangsta. Um, the song's also pretty good. Uh, it's a good blend of everybody. I think everybody does pretty well. Um, I don't know if this is part of a new record for the Free Nationals, if this is going to be on the new ASAP Rocky album. Not sure. Seems like just a Free Nationals single with some some boys on it. Um, But pretty typical, what you'd expect. More live instrumentation, kind of funk soul mixed with hip-hop. Rocky does pretty well. Uh, I don't know. Anderson Pack didn't really do too much on this song. Um, he, he did drumming? like a nice little. He 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 might be drumming actually. Yeah. Um, he does a little nice intro, but uh, I think ASAP Rocky kind of carries it when it comes to that. Um, but pretty good track. Uh, they they still sound like they're stuck on their first record sound. I feel like this song could have came out like I don't know when did the record come out? Twenty nineteen that came out. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that just gave me a crisis. Um, <laughs> they still sound the same as they did five years ago. Um, man, I can't believe that record came out in 2019. 
I remember talking about that when it came out. Yeah, so uh, their their style really hasn't involved like evolved at all. Um, but I mean, it's still pretty good. If you like that style of music, you're gonna enjoy it. So uh, check that out. I think it's cool to hear ASAP Rocky on anything nowadays since he's like yeah. teasing an album for years and still not doing anything. Um, but yeah, pretty good. Uh, more TDE. We got Sir featuring Isaiah Rashad. Karma. Oh. This song is fantastic. Um, I have missed Sir so much. Another artist who hasn't dropped since 2019. Um, mm. Chasing Summer is fantastic. I really love that. One of the better R&B albums from the last, uh, I guess it's five years ago, but uh, <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, but Karma is really great. I love the beat on this thing. Um, Sir is just fantastic vocally. Um, he reminds me of more of like a more expressive, wider range black with a lot more interesting production. Mm. Um, and I enjoy him quite a bit. Uh, and Isaiah Rashad does fantastic on this song. Um, he is so in his bag on this instrumental. I'm surprised it wasn't an Isaiah Rashad song. Um, but these two are a killer combo. Um, yeah, so I'm glad these two are back as well. I hope that Sir drops an album this year, and I hope that Isaiah Rajan drops an album this year. Yeah. Um, but TDE is actually making moves. so This is nuts. It's happening. Um, but yeah, this song is fantastic. So check that out. Uh, I don't know. We, we might do like Sir Chasing Summer on the channel eventually. I feel like you'd enjoy that quite a bit. I like um, R&B. Yeah. So I might put that on my, my list. Um next oh my god we got a lot of singles um <laughs> we will go with okay this one's weird so caroline polachek added a song to her deluxe record a week after the deluxe record came out because i talked about that last week yeah but she added a song randomly um Wait, which one? a couple days after so long road home was not on there originally oh and long road home is i think on the 22nd it got added with no explanation or anything, I don't think. No promo. It just kind of got added. Um, at least to my knowledge. I just found out about it like two hours ago. And I'm like, wait, why Why did she add this? Um, there's a plus and negative of pe- being able to like just update your album. <laughs> I feel like I'd like to know. if. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Long Road Home is now on here. Sandwiched between Gambler's Prayer and I Believe. So it's not even at the end. She kind of just put it back in there. I wonder if there was a sample clearance or some kind of thing that was holding it up. Oh, maybe. Um, but it's got one of Trek's Point Never on it, which is great. Um, and the song sounds pretty good. Um, I don't have too much to say about it. It fits into the vibe of the rest of the deluxe, which I talked about quite a bit last week. Um, my thoughts on that have not changed. It's still a very, very, very good deluxe record. So uh, enhances the original record, which is not always the case. True. Usually not the case. Uh, I think Yeet repl- uh, keeps adding songs to uh, <laughs> 2093 as well. Because uh, we talked about the part two last week, but then I think there's a part three now, but it's only on his website because you have to buy it. Um, which honestly gets your bag. It's fun. It, it reminds me of like DLC for a video game, and it's kind of funny. Um, it fits into the album theme, but it, it is kind of weird where you're just like, here's the real album two days later, or next day, part two. Uh, <laughs> four days later part three <laughs> it's it's kind of weird it's it's a theme this week um i'll just say that uh speaking of themes this week uh i need to talk about <laughs> so we talked about this is a thing where she released the single but has like four different versions yeah um so everybody's favorite rapper and favorite is in huge air quotes um French Montana dropped uh, Mac and Cheese 5, which it's a great album title. Um, <laughs> so he did this, but there are uh, there are six versions of this album on Spotify. Oh. There's one original. There's a versions version of the record, which is six hours. That includes every single song. Doesn't matter if it's a skit, an intro, an outro. Regular, sped up, slowed down, instrumental, and acapella for every single song. And then he also has an album for every single variation of every single song. 
So there's one where everything's sped up, where everything's slowed down, where everything's an instrumental, and where everything's an acapella. Um, Why? Why there is there is a there is a skit that has an instrumental version that is just white noise because it's a skit. They just <laughs> took the stem from it and uploaded it. I think he said this because he was inspired by uh, I don't know. I, was it Taylor Swift? I don't think it was Taylor Swift. It was somebody. I don't think she's um, done this before. No. But if you go to like a Spotify page and just click all, you can just scroll for days <laughs> and it's all just this stuff. Um, French Montana is one of the most annoying, mediocre rappers on earth. And then him doing this is just like so on brand. It's kind of funny. <laughs> How is he number 297 in the world on Spotify? I don't. I oh don't my God. know. Um, I think nobody talks so that, about French Montana. Yeah, nobody likes French Montana. Um, but he somehow gets all the features and everything. It's really weird. Oh. Um, so that that's just an interesting side note. I thought that was hilarious. Because you, you could just like full screen your Spotify and just like have it get filled with the same album <laughs> over and over again. It's like you're you're trying to play the algorithm but you're not doing it in a way that actually works i mean both are annoying whether it works or not but this is just kind of comical um if somebody listens to your entire like you know hour-long rap album acapella they are too much of a fan i would yeah. say that yeah. um, instrumentals make sense instrumentals will always make sense but doing an acapella and I, I have strong feelings against speeding up and slowing down songs. I feel like if the artist intended to do that, they would just do that. I don't think there's any reason to do that. The whole slowed and reverb thing is stupid. I mean, chop and screwing is a different thing because there is like actual changes in production and cool stuff that actually works with those things. Yeah. Um, like Thundercats Drunk has a chopped and screwed version. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, it's stupid. It's TikTok bait. And nobody's using a French Montana song as a TikTok song. I'm sorry. Um, really? Unless they're like 45. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a side note. Continuing on. Um, man, I have three more singles still. More Mother dropped another single for her upcoming record. Um, what is the name of this album? Uh, let me check. But the new single is All the Money. Um, this is her second single from this record um the great bailout that's what it's called that's very fitting um this one's great as well i think i think i like guilty more it's more i don't know they're both very weird they're not really they're all very spoken word free jazz ambient songs so it's kind of hard to view them as like singles um it's more like a movement type thing um, but all the money's pretty great. The instrumental's fantastic. She has some fantastic uh, backing vocals from uh, the featured artist Alia Al Sultani, which uh, she has. They have nothing on their Spotify at all, um, which is always great when a featured artist has no info. It's one of my <laughs> favorite things, honestly. Um, <laughs> but the song's great. Uh, the instrumental is fantastic. It's moody. The backing vocals create a really nice atmosphere. Um, and she does some really great kind of spoken word. I guess you can call it poetry. Um, it's all very spoken word. It's just going through like um, different events and like she will say like art museums and talk about like the history of an art museum and then be like, where'd they get all the money? Um, obviously talking about like the British art museum and British museums in uh, general, yeah. um, going across different countries and times and centuries and all that um it's very cool i i really love it she has such like a very she has a strong delivery it's very nice to listen to um yeah she's killer i i'm so excited for this record um it's gonna be a really really weird listen because it is so uh different um i know she has done rap albums like brass which is great i love that album um and i think jazz codes even was still a little bit more conventional in the hip-hop space but i'm excited for her to dig back into like more free jazz with kind of like poetry over the top and that kind of thing um so uh i like the artsy stuff like that but both these singles are fantastic so i am looking forward to this very much so yeah Alrighty, two more singles <laughs> um i didn't listen to any new albums this week so i mean um all right we got uh, Joman, 
uh, which is, I don't, I'm going to have so much trouble for, uh, with any of these pronunciations. Uh, okay, so it was a Hati Noir. I'm, I, I, I'm probably butchering that name. Um, but it's a rework by Preservation featuring Armand Hammer mm. for like a rework series of this artist's work. Um, so we got a Preservation rework of this beat. It is phenomenal. Um, you get these kind of chants uh with this really great like hand drum beat to it um creates almost like a droning effect uh and then you have our Ar- and hammer going off over the top of it um absolutely insane incredible the mix in just the it, it's so colorful um the verses are fantastic i love how the mixing kind of like buries them a little bit so you kind of get overwhelmed by these like chants that keep reverberating um it's very good. It's it's a treat being like an Arm and Hammer and Backwoods fan because they'll just drop random verses on like artists you've like with like featured on artists you've never heard before, just like out of the blue, and you won't even find out about it until like three days later, um, until somebody like tweets about it or something. Um, it, it, it's such a cool thing. It, it it reminds me of like I wasn't alive obviously before the the pre streaming like you know you have to be in the know to know. But it's still nice to have like a, a smaller community where it's like you get all these unknown artists you get exposed to because these guys are just hopping on anything and it's great. Um, so this is a fantastic song. I, I love this rework. Preservation is uh, quickly becoming like one of my favorite producers of all time. Um, we'll be talking about Preservation a lot next week because uh, we will be doing Ethiopes on the Bane channel and that is completely produced by Preservation. Okay. Um, so you're about to get a load of his stuff. Uh, it's incredible. So um, very, very, very good there. And we're sticking in the same lane because Arm & Hammer just released another song today. Um, Test Strips came out in like late September, <laughs> I think. Um, and they're not stopping at all. Um, so this is actually a bonus track on Diabetic Test Strips, but it's just on the main album now. So it's just... That's the only version of it. It's not a deluxe record, but it is now officially on the record, Mm -hmm. Um, which normally I would be like, that's a little weird. Um, But I think it's deserved in this case because there's no way a bonus track should be this good. Um, So this one is Doves. It is nine minutes long. Um, You don't get many hip-hop songs that are nine minutes long, um, especially if it's not featuring like seven different artists. but mm-hmm. this is uh, Kenny Seagal production, uh, Benjamin Booker on the feature. Um, I think Benjamin Booker was on Maps. He did, what was it, FaceTime, I think? Um, but he was on there. Uh, but they did this. They released a music video, short film, whatever you want to call it with it. Um, and this song is phenomenal. Uh, they made a, I want to say, Godspeed-esque noise atmospheric post-rap song um there's no verses for the first four and a half minutes billy woods has one verse and then a lucid goes into this like he's singing on this thing pretty much um which is something he doesn't do very much but oh my god this thing is incredible um it's very hard to even talk about this song you kind of just have to like listen to it um but this is something completely unique like I think by the time we get to Phoenix by Injury Reserve is the most like forward thinking hip hop album of like the last five years. Um, and I think people are kind of taking some influence from that now because like we're getting something like this, which is like almost a full on uh, ambient noise kind of track with like almost shoegaze type elements to it um, in a way that seems completely natural and not just shoehorned in at all. Um, and it is just like, phenomenally done um yeah this is maybe the best song of the year i don't know i keep saying that every week because there's like there's there's one artist every week that just like blows everything out of the water um but yeah this song is phenomenal so check that out it is now officially part of the record which is pretty cool i think this one definitely deserves to be i don't know if there's going to be an official deluxe to test strips i feel like they were talking about that somewhere um, so I am kind of expecting something like that to come out this year. 
Um, but it is interesting that they just put it on the main record. So we'll see what a deluxe looks like if that happens. Um, but I think that was all the new stuff this week. Uh, there was one piece of, I don't want to call it news, but uh, word on the street. Um, Godspeed has new songs that they're playing in concert. Oh. Uh, I think there's three or four that are new that they're starting to play because they just kicked off their 2024 tour. Um, and people heard some new stuff. And now everybody's like, uh-oh, what's happening? Um, I think there was one, like, random Belgian... Because, uh, like, sometimes I'll do, like, write-ups on the artists that come to their venues or whatever. I think it was, like, one publication or venue in Belgium that said that there was going to be a new record out by them in September of this year, um, which is entirely possible. Um, but I haven't listened to any of the new songs. I don't like to do that, especially with bands who like test new material as they go, because I would like to just hear the final product. Because sure. sometimes you get attached to an early version and then they change it and you're like, oh. Um, but I mean, three new Godspeed songs. That sounds like a new record in the making to me, um, which would be fantastic. I kind of need some new of that in my life right now. Um, so I will stay tuned to that very closely and see what that uh, turns into. But I, I I feel like it's time for them to release a new record. Their last one was 2021, and they've been touring pretty nonstop, so I'd imagine some new material would spring out of that at some point. Um, I mean, Mr. Michael and Swans are doing the same thing at this exact moment, so... But I don't think that record will come for a while yet. But, um, yeah. So, New Godspeed, maybe confirmed. Maybe. Definitely not confirmed, but rumor <laughs> has it. There's new, there's new songs. That's confirmed. Um, so, one thing leads to another there. Um, but, yeah. I listened to two albums this week. Uh, both were not new by any means. Um, I've listened to one already, and I listened to one that I have not heard. Um, I re-listened to Fishman's, uh, man, this album title is just in Japanese, isn't it? Um, it's the one where they're pointing at the cloud and the <laughs> lens flare. Uh, I need to find the name for it real quick, um, because it is really great. I just need to find it. Where are you, Fishman? <laughs> Uh, I think we, I, I want to do some Fishman's on the channel of, in some format because they are so good. Uh, the record's called Uchu Nippon Setagaya. Yeah, I'm I was going to say it's on the album cover. Is it? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, there it is. I had to click on it to, to see that high. Um, this was from the era where putting a, a Windows 98 lens flare on your album cover was cool. We've branded <laughs> this with the flaming lips. <laughs> Although this album kind of knocks that Flaming Lips album out of the water. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this thing is phenomenal. I forgot how good this album is. Um, I think Long Season kind of takes, uh, you know, the cake because, like, the biggest Fishman's thing um, and kind of overshadows this a bit. But this album is fantastic. I, it's, it's such a feel-good record. Um, so I'm thinking about adding this to, to, the, to the wheel, too, because I feel like this is just, like, a really, really, really fun time, and it's so incredibly well-made. Um, it would be easier to react to, too, because I was trying to think of how we can do long season, but it's literally a 40-minute song. Um, <laughs> so this might be cool, uh, give it a little bit more range, but this, this album is fantastic. Um, every, every, every year I come back to Fishman's at some point, and I'm just blown away again by how good they are once I start listening to them again. Um, but heading to the opposite side of Japan, uh, I listened to the Boris album Pink. Uh, I have not dove into Boris too much yet, although I probably will be um, based, in, based off of this. Um, they are kind of like a noise rock, sludge metal type uh, group. I think they're a trio. Um Pretty well-known in the nerd space, I would say. Um, oh. But they've been going since 98, and they're still releasing records. Um, but this one is pink, uh, very noise rock, very almost grunge, um, with some stoner metal stuff in there. Uh, it's very good. It's very noisy. It's very aggressive. It's very fast. Um, it, it, it's a great time. I, I, I was looking for more stuff like this because that's kind of the itch I got right now. Um, 
I'm back into more long form kind of noisy stuff. Um, so this was kind of the one I wanted to dive into and it, it's pretty great. Um, I feel like the opener is like not at all, uh, what the rest of the record sounds like. It's pretty chill. And then all of a sudden you get to the second song and your ears are getting blown out. Um, and it goes over pretty well. Uh, I think the last song is my favorite though. Um, the 10 minute just abandoned myself. That is fantastic. The mm. distortion they reach on this album is really, really, really great. Um, ever since I've been like really re-listening to earth Two, I'm like craving something to meet that level of like satisfying distortion. And Boris is getting pretty close to that. Um, so my first exposure to Boris, I'll be doing more. Uh, I kind of want to tackle flood next because that one is, um, just, uh, an hour and 10 minutes. I feel like it's, it's divided into four parts. I don't know if it's one track, um, but it's just like flood one, flood two, and they're all like 13 minutes at least. One's 21 minutes. Um, so I kind of want to hit that one next. Um, but yeah, those are the things I've been listening to. Uh, I was in Japan for the week, I guess. Yeah. Completely unintentional. It just kind of worked out that way. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's anything coming for next week. I think Schoolboy Q is not this Friday, but next Friday. Um, I'll be talking about that a lot because I am so... Oh, it is March 1st, actually. It's this Friday already. Oh, my God. What? Thank God. All right, I'm talking about Schoolboy Q a lot next week. Um, I'm very excited for this record. The The couple of singles I've heard are fantastic. Uh, I think he just released the, tra the track list today. He's got a Rico Nasty feature. He's got Freddie Gibbs on there. He's got Absol on there. It's going to be good. Oh. be very good. I think uh, Casey Musgraves comes out in March as well. Yep. Adrian Lanker, too. Yes, sir. I think that's it in terms of March yes. releases on my radar. I think that is true, unless something unexpected happens, which can happen and does quite a bit. I feel like most of the releases this year have been like, or at least singles have been out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, that SZA was just surprise dropped. Yeah, yeah, which I, I'm enjoying. I feel like singles are getting dropped like every single day of the week this year, and I am kind of enjoying it. Um, yeah, that's cool. It's better than having like nothing, and then Friday hits, and I have like so many things to listen to. Especially since last year was so slow. Yeah, this year is already like ramping up quite a bit, and I enjoy it. I mean, I have like a wide variety of albums that I've listened to this year, and most of them are from artists I haven't really listened to a lot of. And like, there's some singles this year that have been just insane. Um, but yeah, channel this week, we got Billy Woods, Ethiopes. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know I've been yapping about that thing for years. Yeah. We'll be doing it on the main channel. Um, should be an interesting experience. <laughs> I'm putting Jerry through hell this week. You watch Blue Velvet. I'm asking him to watch Kongi's Harvest. And then we're listening to this album. Um, it's fine. It's sometimes fine. you got to challenge yourself, you know? And sometimes you got to challenge yourself over and over and over again in the span of a week. It's but okay. I, I, it's okay. I'm fine. It'll be good. Um, I think you'll enjoy it more than I'm expecting you to. So uh, it could um, be. I, I the only thing I've listened to from him is Haram, and mm -hmm. I was not so hot on that. But that was also like three years ago. It was, and that's also very different than this album. So okay. Haram is like psychedelic to the point of almost like being avant-garde. Yeah, this is the exact opposite. Um, so I, I chose this one because there's enough of a grounding here where I think you can like get into it easier, even though it's going to be the most dense thing you've probably ever listened to lyrically. Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't look into but, that so much, but yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes on Thursday, but that, that video will have a lot more, probably like a lot more talking and discussion than we usually do on videos. So it'll be an interesting experience. Um, but Yeah. I think that's it. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. I don't that was think so. a lot so. of random singles and jumping around, but... I don't think so. I mean, Good just week. check out the MGMT record. Ah, uh, yes, we just did that. Yeah. And that slaps hard. It really does. Yeah. I was editing that video, and I'm like, man, I don't want to cut anything. I just I want to <laughs> hold on. I ran into that issue a lot. 
Yeah, it seems like people were not like very hot on that uh, initially, but people what? are starting to come around a little bit. How? I don't know. I, I think I don't know. I don't know MGMT's like fan base too well, so it's hard to tell like what else they really get into. Oh. Um, I don't know. I thought this record was pretty great. I thought so too. Like, like it's not the flashiest thing in the world, but it's like consistently good. Yeah, I I thought so. Yeah. yeah. I've been listening to Frady's song so much. I haven't, I haven't, I think I've listened to it all the way through twice since recording that video, but I don't, I can't say what songs I go to a whole lot. I mean, what is that people song? People, people in, the, in streets. the streets. That's a, that's a, that's that's a, a banger. banger. I also like nothing changes quite a bit. The long yes. songs, you know, those are the good ones. Um, that's what I say. <laughs> I say the longer the better. I, I say yeah, I agree. I like longer songs now. Um, I did want to what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. I I uh, I did want to bring up something interesting. It's an artist that we haven't covered on the channel, although one of their albums is on my list. Uh, is Runner with an extra N? Uh, three N's. Three N's. They uh, they released an album earlier this month in the beginning of February. Um, I didn't listen to it, um, but I just listened to it a couple days ago. Um, and it's really interesting. Basically, I think what they were trying to do was they were going to, I think it was more or less just like an exercise in producing, I guess, in general. Because what they did was they just took all of the stems from their last album and then just created new music using those. So, like, they set out and they're like, we're not going to use, we're not going to record anything new for this album. It's just going to be, like, recycled stuff from our last album. And I think it was just, like, this exercise. Like, it wasn't necessarily thought of to be like, oh, this is something I'm going to release to the public. But then they eventually did it. And it's kind of weird and interesting. Like, it's mostly all just instrumentals. But I thought it was kind of quirky and fun. I'm not going to go back to it a whole lot, but I thought it was cool. So, Star's Dust. That's what it's called, is Star's Dust. Multiple stars. Yes. And then all, of the, all of the tracks are just one, two, three, four. They're just numbered. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, check that out if you want to. But that's it. Or don't. Or don't. Listen listen to the the um like dying stars were reaching out. I think that's what that album is called that all of the stems are on. Um ah. that album's great. That one's on the list. But Let's see. Yeah. I don't know. Just thought it was kinda interesting. Bring it up. But that's it for me, I think. Um me too. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything that we missed. I don't think so. Nothing in terms of news or anything. Nope. We're all good. And I guess that's that's podcast. Next week. Dune. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Dune 2 is going to be out. Whether or not I'm going to see it is another question. You gotta uh, get the popcorn bucket. I I don't think that my theater is going to have the popcorn bucket. Wah, wah. I think that's an AMC. It's not thing. worth it. Oh, is it? I think. I ain't doing that. I don't. There's no AMCs in Iowa anymore. Uh, just period. And that's a good thing. For the most part, yeah. Um, let me see. I'm pretty sure it's it's. Yeah, yeah, it's AMC. Um. Oh, AMC and Cinemark has the weird ones, but not uh, Regal. Sorry, West Coast. Regal. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'll probably rewatch Dune one. I was gonna watch the David Lynch one for this podcast, and then I was like, I don't want to do that. Eventually, I'll watch the David Lynch Dune. But not today. Not today. I was like, I want to watch something good. That was kind of my thought process this week. Um, and yeah, we wa I watched three great movies. And half of one that I couldn't understand. Because I'm deaf and stupid. 
Yeah, we didn't think about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I need subtitles. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard, especially since they all have accents. Yeah, that, that makes it very hard for me to understand. Because I am deaf, on record, legally. Oh. You can, I can say that. I don't think I can. I can't say that in like a court of law. Like if they made me swear on the Jesus Christ book that I was deaf, I probably couldn't wouldn't say it. But I guess, but it's like also like not false. <laughs> it's not false. I wear hearing aids. Yeah. It would just be kind of weird if I'm like, I'm deaf and I'm <laughs> talking and I can hear you <laughs> fine. <laughs> I run a music channel. I run a music channel. You gotta believe. Hey, you know, deaf people like music too. Oh. Although usually, the vibrations. yeah, the vibrations. I've heard uh, from from deaf people that they like like metal or like like a gangster yes. rap type thing, yeah. where it's just like. Uh huh. That, from what I, I hear, listen to music that sounds like that, and I can hear it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> that's true I guess everyone is disabled in their own special way that's the quote of the year <laughs> <laughs> whatever that's in the podcast now bye